Welcome into another edition of New Track Record. Caleb Hatch and Justin Kinney with you. And we're in this lull period in IndyCar, at least so we thought, between Mid-Ohio and Nashville. But it has been a busy, busy week of news. Plenty to discuss in the silly season. But of course, the lead story this week still remains IndyCar with a new TV deal they extend with a multi-year agreement with NBC Sports. It uh, will start next year with races on NBC, big NBC, 13 of them. And then the remainder on USA Network and a couple on Peacock. All races also streamed on Peacock, plus Peacock will again have practice qualifying and Indy Lights races as well. Uh, No terms of the deal announced as far as the number of years, the dollar amount. It was reportedly $20 million for the current one, so... Who knows if this is more, less, or the same, but Justin, this is a massive win for IndyCar. Absolutely. Uh, we we are hoping for something like this, but you never know. You, know. you don't know what to expect. I think we felt maybe something like this was more possible with Roger Penske in charge because he just makes things happen like this. And it was amazing to me that there was any sort of negativity anywhere for this deal because 13 races on network for a series that you know with mb with abc what had five so five races traditionally yeah for well in the the later years of the deal right yeah i mean most you know so you're going from five of the abc 13 to nbc we're seeing what type of numbers that indycar can get on big nbc and nbcsn for that matter Uh, this is a tremendous win I don't see one problem whatsoever with two races being on Peacock. I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, Caleb, I believe this year the NFL will have some Amazon Prime exclusive games on Thursday I, nights. I believe you're correct. Uh, maybe two or three. So if the NFL is doing it, folks, if they're putting an NFL game on stream only, then there's nothing wrong with a couple races uh, stream only for IndyCar. Uh, you know, we'll get to it in a couple minutes. You know, now it's it's which two two races get put on stream, but we'll get to that in a little bit. But overall, tremendous victory for IndyCar. And a, you know, say what you want about the, the the negotiations before, but I think this is a commitment from NBC. It's a big commitment from NBC, showing that they're confident that IndyCar can continue to grow. Yeah, and you know, you look back to what IndyCar has had in the past. And, you know, this is by far the best TV deal that I could find, period, that IndyCar has ever had. Um, I mean, you can look at, you know, well, what about in the 90s? And, yeah, in in the 90s and 95, they still had a handful of races on cable for that season in cart. And they had races on ABC and, and CBS but also they had a handful of races on ESPN, ESPN2. So, I mean, this is the best TV deal that I could find that IndyCar has ever had in its history, which is just, I mean, it's crazy to think about where we're at 25 years removed from the split, and IndyCar has a TV deal that sees, you know, essentially more than two-thirds of the races on network TV. I mean, NASCAR can't say that. Formula One can't say that, at least in the U.S. Right. And... I guess to me, it's like, what more could you ask for? I I understand. We talked about before how 
we thought, wow, getting races on Peacock would be bad, but we also didn't expect to have so many on network. To me, that's the offset. Now, this season, they had, what, eight originally, and then they moved Barber back a week, so it could be on NBC. Right. So you have nine. And we saw the the racer report a couple of days before this actually came out earlier this week that it could be 12-plus races on network. We saw that and thought, wow. And then it said USA. It didn't mention anything about Peacock, but... I think to me to get all the races streaming on Peacock, that is also a huge win. Streaming live, that is too. That's a huge thing. How many how many people have you talked to? I've talked to. We've seen it on on people contacting our podcast. That man, I, I wish we could watch the races live. That's kind of the only thing missing. Now you're able to do that, not just with the two that'll be exclusively on Peacock, but every single race will be live, and that's tremendous. Because let's say you don't have cable, you don't have access to USA but you do have Peacock, then you'll be able to watch the races that are on USA. You know, right now it looks like, what, two races, but if there's additional races added to the schedule, it could be more than that. So uh, it's it's a great win, great victory for, for IndyCar and something that, you know, you know, once again, Roger Penske just gets it done. And between, I, I, I wonder what this deal would look like if we did not have a season thus far that we've seen nearly a 30% jump in ratings. I don't think you're getting 13 races on network if we're seeing flat or a decline in ratings at this point. I feel like that was a big, big uh, indicator of where IndyCar is going and what it's it's capable of with growth. And I definitely think that was a big factor at the table. For sure. I mean, up 30% so far in the season. Now, granted, it's a big bump with the Indy 500 having uh, the highest rating since... 2016 yep. as far as viewers go right um so that's a big bump and and th- that number was always going to go down as the season went along that's just natural but i was talking about the 95 tv deal between abc and cbs they had 12 on network and then there were one two three four five races on espn or espn2 so this deal is still better than that and that deal is exceptional to have 12 ra- 12 races on network tv between uh, abc and then there were uh, looks like a couple on CBS. So, again, still better than that. And you could argue cart between, what, 1991 to 95? I mean, that that's like the peak era of IndyCar? I would agree. And this is a better, it's a better TV deal than that. And that was before, you know, really the you know, cable was around, but it really wasn't the powerhouse that it was. And let alone streaming back then, right? So you're still getting in as many races on network that you did then. Also, another thing to think about with Peacock, um, they I think I saw a report they had like 45 million subscribers. And think about how much the Olympics, at least in theory, should help boost their subscriber base for IndyCar down the stretch. I mean, the last... Of se- last few races of the season starting with nashville i'm not saying you're going to attract a lot of new fans but i'm saying people will subscribe and may stumble across indycar and then that will be boosted again next winter because the winter olympics happening my favorite about you same i'm i'm more of a winter olympics guy um but that will lead in essentially not too far out from the start of the indycar season we would expect with saint pete likely being the season opener in mid early to mid-March. So that's another boost. And 
with Peacock, it's a way better deal than NBC Sports Gold ever was. It's cheaper because you don't have to pay for it year-round. Plus, you get more for the product. I mean, you get all the TV shows and, and movies. You get Lost Speedways for crying out loud. Yeah. That's worth five bucks a month in itself. Yeah, I've started season two finally. 40, yeah, 42 million subscribers, you know, looking it up, most recent numbers for Peacock. Uh, it, it was 33 million in the fourth quarter of 2020. Getting the office on there, I think, has helped tremendously with that. But uh, while the interface is still a cluster, and hopefully that gets an upgrade between now and, and next season, it, it's a great deal. Can't wait to... Um, you know, to, to, to benefit from these new, you know, new things on Peacock. And hopefully we have some original content from IndyCar, whether it's a stream or, you know, on stream or, or in USA. Who knows? But I think it's a victory for IndyCar for sure. And now we can just put it behind us, right? So this is taken care of. We can really focus on what's important now, Caleb, which is third OEM and international races. <laughs> right. And with the deal, so there are a couple other nuggets that we got from the the press conference after the fact after the announcement and i think some of the things that were interesting to me one um nathan brown of the indy star saying uh, when he spoke with john miller uh he did actually refer to two races on usa which would mean two exclusively on peacock 13 nbc looking at 17 races so one with the schedule i would assume they take away the texas doubleheader and make it just one standalone race right uh, I would imagine. And then that would mean See, if they keep all the other races on the schedule, they would have to add a new venue for 2022. Correct. So Penske was reportedly at Loudon over the weekend. Also, we know they had a deal for Richmond until the pandemic happened. We know Iowa, you know, they'd like to go back. Any other tracks that I've not mentioned Homestead, I guess, to throw out there. We assume it's an oval, right? If they're going to add a race, uh, yeah, I think you know. You, you mentioned Iowa. I think Iowa is the most most likely as of right now. I would agree. In my opinion, somehow I feel like IndyCar will get back to to Iowa at some point. Um, you know, New Hampshire. I mean, what's the context of Roger Penske going there? Was he going there to initiate dialogue? Was he going there because they have already had dialogue and was following up in person? I don't know. Um, it's just interesting we haven't heard any any rumors about New Hampshire. Then all of a sudden, Roger Penske's there. Maybe Roger Penske just wanted to go watch a race. Yeah, and I mean, watch he does his team, have a you know? yeah, he does have a race. He team. does have a race <laughs> team. So, um, yeah, who knows with, with New Hampshire? But I feel like at least one additional oval will be coming for next season. I feel like we're at seventeen without two at Texas. That's the simplest to me, in my opinion. That's how we we stay at seventeen. I feel everybody else returns. Yeah, I would agree. I, I think there's a slight question mark around Toronto, but I think it'll still return. Yes. Um, I feel like Toronto comes back, maybe even if it's just one last hurrah at this point. But, yeah, I do I do feel like Toronto's back. Uh, other nuggets from Nathan Brown. Uh, they'll have geofencing for Peacock TV access inside tracks. So even if the Indy 500 is blacked out locally – next year if you're on site you can watch the race on your phone at the race (laughs) well why would you want to do that i i don't know you're there sometimes you get a little bit of context yeah i agree i mean especially in the infield and you know not 
the snake pit, but if you're actually in the infield and you know sitting on top of camp or something like that, yeah, it can be a little difficult. Um, while they do have numerous giant screens, I think it's still near impossible to follow a race. If you're that inter- if you're just interested in who's in first, who's in second, and watching them go around, it's enough. But if you want more, it's still nearly impossible in my mind to follow everything at the track if you don't have uh, you know, a headset or an app or whatever. You know what I mean? So that will yeah. be advantageous for those people that really want to stay in the know. And then uh, with this new TV deal, also uh, NBC Universal, which owns Telemundo, uh, they will have uh, three races on Telemundo Deportes starting next year. Uh, Brown adds, though, the series is not in present talks about placing a race in Mexico. Uh, the three races I, I have seen would be the season opener, the Indy 500, and the season finale. So that's good when you have Alex Pillow and Pato Award 2 emerging stars to get that extra access. No doubt. Fans. No doubt. So, And I think that's just maybe the next step, too. We know that there's, from what it sounds like, and maybe we'll get to it here in a little bit, Caleb, no current dialogue going on with it, with Mexico or Mexico City. But maybe that's just another step into laying that foundation. Yeah, current dialogue. So to me, I took that as, yeah, not for next year, but I, I took that as down the road that still seems like something they're looking to explore. And I guess Pato himself was kind of surprised at the the lack of fan support or whatever. But I think the problem is Perez is in F1, so he sucks out all the fan support, basically, when it comes to motorsports. Yeah, I would concur. Also, Brown on the schedule, Mark Miles references late summer as a target date. Um, but again, some, <laughs> Brown says... Technically, though, that does last into late September in the final week of the season, which would be expected. Yeah, I, I don't think we'll get a schedule for next year as far as a finalized release schedule until probably the week of either Laguna Seca or Long Beach. We'll kind of look at it this way, Caleb. I mean, we feel that right now all the venues currently on the schedule will return next year. Yeah, right. and, and we expect one additional track. Right, so I'm... I'm fine with playing the waiting game here. You know, if we feel pretty confident that the that all the races that are currently on the schedule coming back next year, it would be easy to put the schedule out this early, right? If they're talking about later in the summer and late summer into September, even late September, that means they're they got some 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 different things to work out and and some ideas and and trying to land at least one new track. I wouldn't be surprised if there's two new venues on the schedule next year. I wouldn't put anything past them. So uh, it's fine for me if it takes the amount of time that you absolutely need to add an Iowa and add a Richmond and, and something like that, then I'm all for it. So take your time by all means. Also, more in-car cameras for the app. Uh, that's always positive. And with that, I mean, I think we've kind of gone over all the nitty-gritty details, right? So let's get to the fun part, the, let's the do speculating. Uh, first off with Peacock, this is... Again, as I said, massive to have the, all the races live streamed. IndyCar's never had this before. You know, I, I guess you could say like a decade ago whenever they had YouTube. Right. But that was only for practice and qualifying, right? They didn't stream Correct. the races live on YouTube. So <laughs> this is a first. Um, you were not able to do it with NBC Sports Gold. You haven't been able to do it this year with Peacock. Are we expecting this to grow 
a younger fan base. I know that's the goal of streaming uh, for these sports leagues, uh-huh. but are we expecting that to create a noticeable bump? I don't think it creates a noticeable bump, in I, my opinion. I would agree, only because whenever NBC does that total audience delivery, you know, for like a race, and the yeah, streaming factor is so low. And granted, those are people streaming on like NBCSports.com, and it's only for the NBC races they can do so, right? Right. Correct. Or they, they log in like through their cable provider, which you have to do for that. So I guess that still would work on NBCSN. But again, with Peacock, it's a little different. I feel like you have to segment the numbers out differently, but I don't have high expectations for a streaming race on Peacock. Yeah, I mean, right. What, uh, 50,000? Yeah, 50, and then, then it goes into the which two do you quote-unquote punish Yeah, and put them on Peacock. My idea was you put the two indie road course races on Peacock. Look, IMS and its sponsors don't, necessarily need that exposure they have the indianapolis 500 right but mid ohio does on portland does and texas does and toronto does so i i feel like it makes way too much sense to put those two races on on peacock exclusive because i don't think you're punishing the track as you are going to be everywhere else I don't know how that's going to work schedule-wise. You know, I, I, we know that, that they love having every consecutive week, you know, the, the GP, then qualifying, then the 500, all on NBC. But I think that'd be a necessary step, I feel, to, to put those road course races on Peacock and kind of take, take one for the team, so to speak, Caleb. Well, and with that, you kick off the month of May, and on one hand, yeah, NBC wants that race because it leads into the Indy 500, but... I'd argue you still have qualifying if you actually give better qualifying time allotments. I don't feel like they did a great job this year for yeah. qualifying weekend on, on TV. Oh, I'd coverage. agree. I, I thought I thought ABC had better coverage even several and, years ago. But you can get people to not only subscribe to Peacock, but then they realize, oh, I can watch all the any five hundred practice sessions on here. I think that's a key selling point. So and I feel like, too, Caleb, is if they can build that IndyCar library on Peacock, not just with new original content, but also old races, mm-hmm. I feel like that adds value. And let's let's be honest, Caleb, this is a business-driven world, and streaming is business-driven, and, and this deal is business-driven. And Peacock, or you know, NBC sees an opportunity for an IndyCar audience and to basically force their hand to say, look, if you want to watch every single race, you're going to have to get Peacock. And and people are up at some people are up in arms about that, but that's business. They're trying to push Peacock on people and make you get it. And if you don't want to get it, then you're going to miss out on stuff or, you know, with, with original content trying to get people, but they're also want to put people in positions where you're going to have to get it or miss out on some of the things you want to watch. And that's just life. Everybody does it. Peacock does it. Um, you know, you see all the, you know, HBO Max is doing it now in terms of putting content on there that's not on regular HBO. You know, this is taking out of the con- the conversation Netflix, Hulu, 
and Prime because they don't have an over-network component, right? So this is just how the game is going to be played as these networks start. You know, CBS, uh, there's a Paramount Plus now, right? Uh, I like Star Trek, but I can't watch Star Trek on CBS. I have to get Paramount Plus to watch it. So that's just how the world works now. And for five bucks a month, just do it. It's not that much money. It's a value meal at McDonald's. (laughs) And the thing is, with 13 races on network, you buy an antenna for, what, 15, 20 bucks. You can watch all the NBC races locally. Then uh, you can have Peacock for, what, you could do it as little as, what, probably like two or three months uh, to get the rest. And watch the rest. And then, I mean, that right there is 10 to 15 bucks. So you're looking at a... 30 anywhere from 30 to 50 dollar investment tops to watch the whole season and that's nothing like comparatively to what you pay for a cable bill per month yes it's half that so why do people keep complaining so much and i i understand it's probably a very vocal minority but for anybody to be complaining about it is mind-boggling to me i would agree and i'm not saying oh here's how you should spend your money but i'm saying this is not that much. I mean, you you skip going out to eat once, and it you know at a decent restaurant, it's going to cover yeah, it's gonna the cover entire the thing. <laughs> so you know, it's it's uh, it doesn't seem like a whole lot of an ask for fans. I agree. I for, to watch the sport we all love, it's it's nothing. So if it's an issue to me, quite frankly, I question your fandom. I straight up question your fandom if it's an actual issue for you to drop $5 a month on Peacock. And the other thing that will continue, according to uh, Miller of of NBC, wow, almost said CBS, uh, we have found scheduling to be very important in terms of maximizing ratings. And a great example of that is what we have done with the Premier League in soccer. We're on Saturday mornings and early, early Saturday. We found an audience for that. Um, then they did the same with Notre Dame, moving kickoffs up an hour. And then says, so clearly we've had an opportunity with some of those earlier IndyCar windows, and it's worked out very well for us. So we will continue to look at those opportunities a lot of it has to do with the other programming we have on those weeks. So expect the earlier race start times to continue. I don't think that's a surprise. I think that's something they've figured out between last year and this year. And it's really increased the momentum. And it's great for fans at the track as well. It's uh, it's great. And I think that it was something that fans clamored for for so long that either networks or tracks or both didn't want to cater to, but now that they're doing it, they're seeing better ratings. So I I feel like we finally got to a point where the networks see the value in this. And look, it's it's great. I mean, I think one thing uh, that's great about um, about Formula One is every Sunday morning, most Sunday mornings when there's a race, it's it's on in the morning, whether it starts at 6.30 or 8.30 or 10.30, it's on Sunday mornings. And uh, it just becomes easy. Okay, for F1 race this weekend, I know what I'm doing Sunday morning, right? And it, the time slots largely are decent, like you said. I mean, the races start at 8, 10, 9, 10, or 10, 10. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah, not it's like, or, or 05 or whatever. Yeah, you know, 05. It's, it's, you know, it, whatever the Rolex a, says, right? The yeah. giant Rolex clock. So at the top of the hour is the formation lap. And then at uh, 5 after, uh, the lights start counting down. All right, so let's let's get into the other 
speculation point, you know, what races go where on the schedule? And we obviously don't have the full schedule for next year. We can speculate that a lot of the races will return uh, for next year. So assuming all the tracks return that are currently on the schedule, they ditch the doubleheader at uh, Texas. Texas and move it to one, and then add another oval race somewhere. So we could just kind of guess what we think will happen schedule-wise. I think the first thing is what two races are in Peacock? I I agree with your argument that both of the IMS road course races should be on Peacock. However, reality says they'll probably both be on Big NBC. I would hope at least one of the dual Detroit is. I think yeah. that lessens the impact of of uh, on the track and on the sponsor. Is one of them needs to be on Peacock? I would think the Saturday one would, uh, just because you usually aren't going to get a great TV rating anyway Yeah, uh, on a Saturday afternoon. And usually, I think they did this this year, where the, the first race was like a what like a 2.30 start time, and then on Sunday it was closer to 12.30 or 1. Right. Uh, so, yeah, I, I agree. I think, I think one of the Detroit ones, and I think, unfortunately, the other one will probably be uh, like Portland, even though that needs to be on. <laughs> well, I mean, it, right now it doesn't have a title sponsor, so... I guess that lessens the impact of uh, of that in terms of hitting the sponsor. But let's look at the schedule this year as it was set up and what the NBC races were, NBCSN races were, because I don't think NBC is going to look at it as these are the best races for IndyCar to put on Peacock for them. NBCSN is going, or NBC is going to say these are the two best races for us to put on Peacock because we have um, conflicts, right? Mm-hmm. And so, it's, it's going to be golf, tennis. Uh, yeah, it's going to, you know. It's, th- those so, are the conflicts. Oh, or NASCAR, to True. be honest. You know, so when you look at it, this year it was Barber, both Texas races, Road America, Toronto if it happened, then Nashville, Indy Road Course, and Lagunas, or uh, excuse me, Gateway. So hopefully... I would say Indy Road Course. There it is. It's already on NBCSN. That, to me, is a peacock race. August 14th this year. That's a peacock race for next year. Same reasons before. Indy, Indy is already on. And we, we can, we've can we already talked about it, Caleb. Third time in a year, it's sat oversaturation to me anyway to be in Indianapolis, especially second road course. So throw that on peacock. And then the second one, yeah, like, I, like, like we mentioned, I know it's not on – NBCSN this year, or you know, hasn't been since NBC got the contract. But yeah, that one of those Belle Isle races, I'm moving to Peacock. And don't forget that IndyCar will have a NASCAR lead-in for Nashville this year. So again, expect another big TV rating, even though it's an NBCSN race. Well, let's go the other way, Caleb. Which of these races that were on NBCSN this year would you think would benefit the most from being on NBC. I think we can all agree number one is Nashville, right? Yes. Um, you know, Gateway, yeah, but that's going to be in primetime. Saturday night is just not a good hey, time. Hey, SRX got it. I mean, that's the argument. Yes, but what, Gateway... What, 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 but? Well, SRX was a limited run schedule, so that had more demand. 
plus it was in the like the I don't even know the right word the 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 heat of summer um it's not even the right phrase there but it was a compressed schedule with only six events whereas gateway by that point you're what a week away from the college football season starting which i it mean just, I, it gets I don't, difficult i don't know i don't see the conflict to me if srx can get 1 million minimum for each of its races every every all six were above a million i want to say then yes. gateway can't do that on big nbc i can't mean get i a think million they'll viewers? benefit assuming some guys go full time next year i i feel I feel SRX was the great experiment, and I know, and you know, we can debate whether SRX and IndyCar are that different, but I think it's got the same type of people watching it. They're I race, think having race fans, Tony Stewart and Chase Elliott for he, one of the Chase races, only did one race, but I think that's a huge draw. Plus, the the NASCAR fan base will watch because there's usually no conflict as far. I mean, there's not a NASCAR race on a Saturday night that they're watching over SRX due to the scheduling. So you don't feel that NBC is in a position to give IndyCar a primetime race yet? No. I mean, they've, NBC. They've, they've done it before. I mean, they did it with Texas last year. Yeah. Um, but I don't I don't really think it's just going to be a ratings winner. I feel. I, I think Gateway can be a racing race. I think SRX showed that you can be in the dead of summer on a network tele- on TV and get a decent rating for, for racing. That to me. But... Um, if that's one of mine, uh, we both agreed on Nashville. I mean, are there any other SN races that you'd like to see on Big NBC? I mean, you have Barber out there. You have Road America, Toronto, the Indy Road Course, or the other four on top of Nashville. And um, I'd like to see Toronto. Really? Yeah. I think it plays good on TV. Those street circuits play good on TV, right? Mm-hmm. They look good. There's usually a lot more crashes and action. And you can get kind of a more wild result. Sure. Toronto, I think, is usually one of the more entertaining street circuits anyway. Yeah. I mean, it's it's almost hard to remember what the racing is in Toronto. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I'd agree with you. I, I, to be honest, I wouldn't put Texas on. Not the way it's raced the last couple of years. Uh, and it would be a night race anyway. But I don't think I'm putting Texas on. Small crowd. It can be processional. I don't think you're putting your best foot forward if you're putting that, especially in prime time. On NBC, I'm much rather putting Gateway if I have to pick an oval. So um, it will be fascinating to see just which which uh, which two races you know get the shaft, so to speak, and go to Peacock. But also which of the races on NBCSN this year get promoted to Big NBC next year. For sure, and I don't think we'll get the TV schedule until probably the same time as they release the actual schedule next year. Or, well, sorry, later this fall. Yeah, and that, that's that's perfectly fine with me. Take your time, add a race or two, and uh, get us ready for what will be a very exciting 2022. But we got plenty, Caleb, going on, you know, outside of TV. Yeah, silly season. I think official kickoff this week because uh, Elio Castroneves back full-time with Meyer Shank Racing in 2022, but he'll be in the 06 car. And we saw the release. You read it and thought, okay. And then you get to the end, uh, and oh, Jack Harvey is out at the sixty car. Oh, I think that that took all of us by for surprise. a surprise. And so that has really kicked off silly season in earnest. Um, uh, according to Racer, 
Ra uh, Racer understands MSR and Harvey were set to sign an extension, but an abrupt change in direction for the Britain has led the team to start a search for his replacement. Um, so again, Elio full time in the 06. We don't know the driver of the the 60 car. Um, this quote in motorsport.com uh, with uh, Mike Shank. He said, I'm very excited to have Elio on board for the 2022 season. I think there will be a lot of excitement around our second driver when we make that announcement as well. Keyword hmm. excitement. Um, that stood out to me in that read uh, from David Malsher Lopez at motorsport.com. And then there's another article that came out not long after this news. Also a, a Marshall Pruitt of racer.com. And so it was essentially asking the question, where will Jack Harvey race? And it's believed to be Ray Hall, Letterman, Lanigan Racing. Um, Marshall says, I believe Harvey was on the cusp of signing a multi-year extension with Shank, but walked away from the deal at the last minute to the surprise of the team. What? So apparently he had a better deal presented to him elsewhere. You know, the immediate reaction to Shank uh, bringing in Elio and um, and Harvey leaving was how are they dropping Harvey? Yeah, but you and I both kind of picked up something in Marshall Pruitt's racer article that you know no, I don't think that's really the story. You know, quote, quoting Marshall Pruitt in the story, quote, uh, racer understands MSR and Harvey were set to sign an extension, but an abrupt change in direction for the Briton has led the team to start a search for his replacement. That read to me that it was Harvey that initiated that separation. Yes. And sure enough, the follow-up article at Racer talking about uh, where uh, Harvey could end up next year exactly proved that right, that he had a multi-year deal on the table, walked away from it, and it sounds like he'll be headed to Ray Hall, Letterman, Lanigan. Now, the first question is, who would you rather be with full-time, Meyer Shank or Ray Hall, Letterman, Lanigan? I, I had to think about it a little bit, but I think we both agreed Ray Hall Letterman, right? Yes, but it's not as far apart as you would expect on the initial question. No, and then, you know, sec job security, too. Multi-year deal on the table from Shank. And and we've had Michael Shank on this show, Caleb, talking about just how excited they are about Jack Harvey, and he's been their guy now for a couple years, and really building the team around him. So it's a, it's an incredible leap for Jack Harvey to walk away from that to join Ray Hall, Letterman, Lanigan. I mean, if financially, is it a better deal? Maybe. Uh, length of contract, is it a better deal? I don't think there's an appreciable difference in, con in you know, competition between the two. I think that both are trending up, but I feel like Mike Shank is, 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 is going faster up, I think, at this point. Um, but... As far as consistency goes, Ray Hall still. I would agree. Be. Yeah, but you know, adding that second full time car could make all the difference for for Meyer Shank. So there are a lot involved, and I'm sure it was a a a brutally difficult decision by Jack Harvey to do this, and who knows how it turns out. It, it's a ballsy move, and um, you know, could pay off. Couldn't. Could not. So. I think we're kind of overshadowing the fact that uh, Elio Castroneves full-time back in the series in 2022. He's been one of the most popular drivers over the past generation in IndyCar, and now you're going to have him every weekend in 2022. I think that is a positive for IndyCar. Positive, but I honestly am not expecting a whole lot out of him 
full time. No, me neither. But the fact that he's going to be at, at races and, and fans know who he is. Look, I, I watched the Indy 500 most years with a bunch of Indy only fans. IndyCar mm-hmm. fans, and they know exactly who Elio Castroneves is, and and we've talked about it when he won the fourth. I mean, the emotions that that brought out. People know who this is, and I feel the Drive for Five campaign that that Meyer Shank is going to launch with with Elio is going to be huge, and I think a lot of eyes are going to be on Elio Castroneves, particularly in the month of May, but also throughout the course of the season as people, when they casually turn it on, if their favorite driver in May is Elio Castroneves and they can't find him on the streets of Long Beach. You're kind of wondering where he's at, but I think it's a, it's a definitely a positive for next year. I, I think it's overlooked because it was a formality that he'd be full time next year after winning the 500. Yeah, I, I think so. Um, but you know, it also comes out that people need to to recognize that it wasn't Castroneves in, Harvey out of the same car. Yes. It is Castroneves in in that in his car, that part time car, and now that main car. And what number is it? So Castroneves is the 06, Harvey's the 60. Okay, I thought he was the 60. The 60 is vacant, so the 06 is in full-time next year. The 60 is what's vacant right now. Still expected to be full-time, though. That's that's the key. Yes, there'll be two full-timers. On the on the racer article you you reference about you know that walking away from the deal um, by Marshall Pruitt on Racer.com, toward the end of that story, um, also kind of puts in the question about. You know, Takuma Sato, whose future in IndyCar beyond this season continues to be called into question. Uh, Marshall then goes on to say uh, that a a number of teams have also reported Ray Hall will be testing two drivers next week at Barber Motorsports Park uh, with former Aero McLaren SP driver Oliver Askew and an unnamed second driver listed for evaluation. Could that be Jack Harvey? Could it be Ferrucci? Could it be, I I mean, who knows? And then Marshall at the end says um, about the third car, um, that could be a destination for Harvey Askew or others if Sato remains with the program. So IndyCar Deep Throat telling me uh, earlier that uh, the deal with Harvey, um, so per a source, uh, the 2022 driver's Confirmed behind the scenes for Ray Hall, Sato, Graham, of course, and then Jack Harvey. Three full-time cars with a potential fourth part-time car, uh, which my source is trying to get Stefan in. So Stefan Wilson would, would be the guy, and I, I think we talked about that. You know, after the Indy 500, Stefan Wilson wanted wanted to try to find a, another deal elsewhere to run part-time so right so the 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 story ray reads more harvey in for sato but indycar deep throat telling us no he will be added to that team with sato and and look i have a hard time buying into takuma sato being going on after this year he's only one year removed from winning his second indianapolis 500 and you know he's right behind ray hall in the standings ninth and tenth right now so uh, it was going to be hard to me unless Sato was was ready to call it quits, which is always a possibility as well. So uh, I, I think it makes much more sense that that three car team next year will be Ray Hall, Sato, and Harvey. Yeah, and it, to me, what I also found interesting in, in Marshall's article, no mention of Santino Ferrucci anywhere, who was just announced earlier this week to return for Nashville for the Music City GP, uh, back with Hy-Vee and, and Cheetos support. 
But I found it interesting, Ferrucci's name nowhere mentioned in that article. Maybe because he's going to Andretti Autosport. That is interesting. I mean, just throwing it out there. I know absolutely nothing. I'm just saying, I mean, I could see that being a, a, a guy that Andretti wants on his team. He needs some spunk back in that team, right? We've talked about it. Uh, ad nauseum with what exactly that team needs. That team needs a bit of an attitude. And Santino Ferrucci definitely brings that. Not as much recently, <laughs> but perfectly capable of doing it. For sure. All right. You want to get into the rumor mill rumor mill since we've discussed kind of course. what is what is out there? Always the most exciting thing. And this is the thing, despite everything that came out with, with Harvey and Shank and Castro Nevis and RL, that's really the per- on the periphery of the real dominoes that were waiting to fall. Andretti Autosport, right? Yeah. So this is all well and nice and fascinating, but it really starts uh, with Andretti, with what happens there. All right. So uh, IndyCar Deep Throat saying, again, we've heard this multiple times, and you know, had there been an Indy Light season, it may have been different for this year. Uh, Kyle Kirkwood will be in the 28 car next year. I don't think that's a surprise, right? No. Okay. Also... Um, IndyCar Deep Throat saying, I was told that Grosjean and Jimmy Johnson will be full-time in 2022. Uh, Again, Grosjean announced for the Oval at uh, Worldwide Technology Raceway, a.k.a. Gateway, Gateway. uh, for August. Uh, He will drive, and then Pietro Fittipaldi, right, will drive as well. So they'll run three cars for coin slash Vassar Sullivan, which is the Ed Jones ride, which also... I guess we forgot about that, too. Uh, the Vassar-Sullivan aspect uh, that partners with Dale Coin Racing, they could leave, according to a Motorsport article. They're not going to leave and be a separate team, though not they'd yet. like to do that in the future. Yeah. But they could leave and go to a different team. Uh, they're basically evaluating everything from the partnership with Coin to having Ed Jones as the driver. To me, I read that as if things don't shape up before the end of the season – they will go elsewhere. Where would they go? I I don't know. I don't know either. Um, I can't I, think I of a Honda know. team that they would go to, I guess is what I would say. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, may, maybe Ray Hall, Letterman, Lanigan. Do they partner with RLL? I could see that. And then have Ferrucci back with them? Mm-hmm. That would make the most sense. Potentially. Um Speaking of Ferrucci, so Nicar Deep Throat saying, um, source telling Deep Throat, Hyvie very interested in funding a full time car for next season, aka the third Ray Hall car. So there you go. So, or it could be three full time Ray Halls, and then you bring in a fourth full time with Vassar Sullivan. Mm-hmm. Or does Vassar Sullivan just partner with that third RLL? And then could that mean Sato's out because they wouldn't need his engine lease deal and Panasonic true and then just have you know the the Vassar Sullivan sponsorship on one of the Ray Hall you know the fifth the not the 15 but the 30 car it's a lot to take in who knows I think all that um that we know is Vassar Sullivan not happy with the direction with Dale Coyne not yet ready to venture out on its own but could be looking for greener pastures but how many of those pastures are open for business, so to speak? All right. And then let's see if there are any other uh, rumors courtesy of IndyCar Deep Throat. Uh, 
Let's see. If you don't have any, we'll just make our own up. Oh, here, here we go. The last one. Uh, driver market starting to heat up. Uh, when I asked about Hinch and Connor about next year, source saying doubtful, quote, that both return full-time. Also, Ed Carpenter Racing, Dale Coin Racing, and Dreddy and McLaren are the four teams that have open driver seats to uh, for next year. Kirkwood should be announced by August for the 28 car. Also sounds like Felix, as in Felix Rosenquist, won't be returning to McLaren. Um, I don't think that's a surprise. No, I think they'd want to get that another year. You think they would give it another year? You don't think so? No. You don't think so? No, I, I don't think so with the way things have, have gone. Uh, not not that the Detroit thing was Felix's fault, but it just, but I mean, the, the it performances hasn't haven't been there. Yeah. The performance hasn't been there before or after that. So do we see that? Could that be a landing spot for Oliver Askew back? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> uh, I'm, still, I'm still, if they run three full time, I still say McLaren buys out Rossi's contract with Andretti and then they That's... either have Pagano or someone else. And we're going to continue to harp on this too, that we are the only people seemingly talking about any sort of Rossi move. As if it's a formality that he's back, and uh, maybe we're the dullards. But let us know if, if you know, IndyCar Deep Throat, anybody else, you know, listening out there, in terms of what we're hearing about Rossi, because we're, I'm still sticking to the fact that he's not back at Andretti, and Andretti would like to have him back. But if the season ends without a Rossi win, I, th- I, I feel there's next to no way he comes back. Yeah, and you get to the point, if he can't get out after this season, if he doesn't win a race, I mean, he's not going to get out, period. I would, I, I, you know, Alexander Rossi is the type of personality, the type of driver, in my mind, that would walk away from a full-time ride without another full-time ride guaranteed if he was that upset with, with where he was at, in my opinion. And I think he's there. I think he's there, absolutely there. And so I could see him walking, you know, walking away himself and saying, look, I, I just, I'm not doing this anymore. And, um, you know, I know it's breaking a contract and all that, but, you know, there's ways around that stuff. And I, I just feel for all involved, it's better for them to go their separate ways. And I could see a team like McLaren bringing money to say, hey, we're going to buy Alex out and save him from this disaster that has become his relationship with Andretti Autosport. All right. So, so let's just go through quickly what we expect um so in the the key teams in question um so with andretti herda back and then and then everything else is up everything for else is in flux <laughs> so so i think you could say safely herda kirkwood yes right and then grosjean if they can throw enough money at him uh yeah and then the other ferrucci if he's not gonna yeah, be at ray hall i think you know and, mm. and then you look at McLaren, obviously Pato's safe. And then I would plug in Rossi. Then if they run a third, Pagano. Do they, you know, Elio comes back full-time, would they, would Juan Pablo Montoya be interested in the same thing? Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying it's the greatest idea, but I don't know if Juan Pablo would be interested in it or not. I I don't think so. And then at Coin, you have... Would Kevin Magnuson come? 
And I don't want to talk about, no, he's got WEC. Uh, look, contracts are made to be broken. If he has a full-time ride offer for IndyCar next year, he finds a way out of his contract. See, I would say that, but isn't it with Peugeot sports team? And, I mean, that's a pretty big deal with Lamar and everything. I still think he does a handful of races next year and then is at Ganassi in 2023. You think? Yeah. I mean, World Endurance Championship, you know, there's six races in the season. I mean, that's not a lot of races. No, but there are still some conflicts. Yeah, 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 I know. But I could see him running the majority of the races next year, potentially. And then, let's see, I don't think Ed Jones is back. You think the Sullivan, Vassar, Vassar, Sullivan, you think they're back with Coin? I don't think they're back with Coin if... If Ed's still there. Well, but they, I mean, I feel like well, they would I mean, get rid of Ed. Yeah, then, you would think. You know, could that know. be a landing the, spot the, the for story, someone coming in? The story read that they were not getting the support from Dale Coyne Racing that they need in terms of, mm. you know, whatever. Crew, uh, intelligence, I don't know. But um, maybe it's just a, a change of scenery. But, you know, Ed Jones is out. Uh, I, I think, you know, we're looking at a couple drivers that have reached the end I think Ryan Hunter Ray could slot in to the one of the coin seats. That wouldn't, yeah, it wouldn't be horrible. Um, that would be an exciting addition, I think, for coin. But I, I think you're looking down the line, and you're looking okay for guys that I feel are going to be out of full time rides. Kellett, yeah. Uh, I think her. Uh, I think you look at Hinch. Yep. You look at as we go. Hunter is a question mark, but I think there'd still be. He's out full time at Andretti. Yes, I can say that. Um, Ed Jones. Yep. And see, we're going down. Connor Daly. I mean, Connor Daly. Dang, we were exchanging texts earlier today, Kay, about Connor Daly. Look, love, love the guy, but look, seventy-four starts and one podium. That's his IndyCar career, and no top tens this year. No. I mean, I think he's reached the end of his ropes in terms of opportunities. For full-time I, yeah, type. Or, full-time. you know, full-time or, you know, essentially close to full-time, which he did in the past. I mean, as these series of guys, you know, we were even talking Jack Harvey before the RLL news came out and said, you know, he hasn't had the performances that uh, that teams are needing right now. So... Uh, I think there's going to be a lot of movement. I think a, a, a lot of new faces, too. I, I feel like some of these middling drivers that have had series of opportunities to prove themselves and have not have are reaching the end of their opportunities. Well, the other question is, I mean, obviously we expect Kirkwood to move up from lights. Linus Lundquist would be another candidate to move up. I mean, it all kind of depends if, if Kirkwood doesn't win the scholarship. the scholarship, then who else comes up? And it'll probably be Lundquist at this yeah. point. I mean, I mean those are the standings. only two that stand out. To maybe Malukas, but I'm not sure. Right. I, I don't see it but for Malukas, but I, there's a lot. Like I said, I think this is just at the tip of the iceberg, what we've gotten um, over the last, you know, on Thursday. It's just the beginning of silly season. And it's already gotten really silly. I mean, we were kind of laying out rumors, you know, before – but this feels like the first week that we've kind of had a lot to discuss that was tangible, you know, reported stuff, not just the rumor mill. Throwing the TV deal, 
you know, we talked to Adam Stern last week and he was like, you know, don't be surprised if they hold off until like before Nashville to announce the TV deal. And then boom, comes out a week later. So clearly it was further along. That's not a shot at Adam. That's just, no, it's just, it's you just, know, I, I think I was surprised they announced it on an off week, but Hey, that's good because they're keeping IndyCar out there and there's things to talk about. And, you know, who knows if it was something that they wanted to keep quiet and then it just, you know, too many people found out and it leaked and then you're like, all right, we just may as well just come out with it. You know what I mean? Yeah, it, it could very well be one of those, um, which, uh, again, it's good, though, because you have a major storyline and maybe they'll announce something else next week. So you're staying in the news cycle. I mean, that's the key. That's the key. Most definitely. Also, the other notable thing this week, uh, there was testing at Laguna Seca and not so much notable that, you know, who had quick times or whatever. Who cares? We, we do not care. We don't. Uh, it was notable because uh, Marshall Pruitt, uh, on the article on the Laguna Seca testing. Um, poor squirrels. Yeah. Very, very poor squirrels. Um, this is a new one. Uh, other than a heavy dose of spins and running off course at turn 11 uh, the worst part of the test came from the steady depopulation of squirrels an unfortunate number of the notoriously indecisive rodents attempted to run across the track throughout the test with many failing to complete their journeys to reach the other side this was a record new garden said there were at least eight carcasses out there at one point it got so bad there were three on the racing line in turn 11 they had to red flag the session to clean things up because we're having to alter our lines under braking just to avoid them. And then Marshall adds at the end, It's believed Andretti's Colton Herta recorded the deadliest tour of the day after striking four squirrels in a single lap. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, busy testing schedule coming up. There'll be some teams. Hey, we, we you know, it was mentioned that uh, that uh, cicadas could be the danger yeah, this year. But it turns true. out it was the squirrels. The squirrels. So more more testing Expected next week, uh, some some cars at Gateway, uh, all four from Andretti, two from Foyt, Coin, Ed Carpenter Racing, one from Penske, with Scott McLaughlin there. Also, oval uh, test debut of Romain Grosjean, uh, who will take part in that race. Top Gun Racing's RC Anderson will test July 28th on the Sebring Short Course. Uh, and then there will be a test at Portland with eight cars, two from Aaron McLaren SP, all four uh, Chip Ganassi Racing cars, and two from Meyer Shank. And then uh, we'll have Nashville coming up. So uh, a lot, a lot of testing. And again, if you agree, disagree with our takes on Silly Season on on the NBC TV deal, let us know. We'd love for you to interact with us. You can find us at NewTrackRecordPodcast.com. While you're there, sign up for our weekly email list so you never miss an episode. You can also follow us for free on your favorite podcasting platform. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts. You can interact with us on Facebook. Just search for us and like us at New Track Record. Our Twitter handle is IndyCar Podcast, or you can send us an email, NewTrackRecordPodcast at gmail.com. Okay, time for the mailbag, and it is a busy one, obviously, with all the news that has come down. And we start going back to late last week when, you know, fun conversations about oems and video games and it's crazy that was only a week ago like it it feels like it was like a month ago that they announced the indycar video game like so (laughs) much has happened in such a short amount of time 
uh, really, especially in the the past, you know, a couple a couple of days. So uh, let's see. Starting pretty far back here. If I keep scrolling, we can get to the actual first tweet. Okay. Uh, this from Poet Shevchenko. A couple of questions that came to me during the third OEM discussion. We don't know who the two OEMs IndyCar are talking to are, but do they know who each other are? And do either of them have a condition that if a third OEM joins, they're willing to be the fourth? Nothing? Nothing from you? <laughs> it's an interesting prospect. Yeah, um, I, I have no idea. I, I, you know, I don't know how that works in the motor racing world. You know, the m- motor companies, do they talk? I mean... I feel like maybe there's some behind the scenes dialogue, maybe, but I feel like I feel like there's enough I, I I really feel they're just focused on on getting in and IndyCar getting getting them. So I, I feel it's it's probably pretty mutual with how uh IndyCar treats them both. I don't know if there's much dialogue between the two. I just think they're both entities, whichever the ones they are, are probably just looking out with what's the best thing for them. This from Zach Curley eight seven seven one. I'm not sure any car can manufacture the drama for a strict docu series. What about like every week after the race you get a condensed thirty to forty five minute race uh, with interviews spliced in? That way for a casual trying it out, it focuses on the racing any car's strength. Well, you you already get that what the YouTube thing that any car does where they do like the race in thirty or whatever. Right. So I feel like they kind of already have that in a way. And let's be honest, the racing is not what drew, drew people to drive to survive, right? No. It's, it's the personalities, it's the glitz, it's the glamour, it's the technology, it's the drama, behind-the-scenes drama, more than anything. Uh, that's what drew people to drive to survive, and that's what's driven people to F1. And does IndyCar have that same or that ability to draw people the way that the drive to survive has. I'm still going to stick to the, the only aspect of the schedule that has any semblance of drama to the level of formula one is the month of May. And I feel like that is what you have to highlight in, in this, in this series, if you're going to do it. Uh, a couple of responses on Ferrucci being announced for the music city GP. Uh, this from Zach Curley, 8771 as well. Good to see a driver being rewarded for good performances and part-time situations. Also, we desperately need a heel. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. And that's why I, yes. I hope Ferrucci gets a full-time ride next year somewhere. Because at least that brings uh, something to talk about. Yeah. I agree. Gives us something. Uh, Poet Shevchenko says, Ferrucci in the car is like eating a Cheeto. You can never have just one or two or three. Uh, Jeremy from HBG says, does he make your fingers orange? <laughs> uh, there are a lot of Cheetos in the break room at work. Uh, uh, yeah, you walked in today with... Uh, I, I like Cheetos, so... I do. The, do you like the, the hot ones? No. They I, had... They, speaking of hot Cheetos, so Three Rivers Festival, which is like a big festival they do... Every every year, well, of course, except last year, in Fort Wayne. And I literally just go to go to Junk Food Alley and, you know, get get some random junk food. And uh, they had a Hot Cheetos funnel cake. Really? And that is just seems utterly disgusting to me. 
Uh, hot Cheetos is one of those things that I love to eat, and then I'm eating them, and I'm going, what am I doing? This is so hot. <laughs> it's similar with the uh, the hot salsa at Chipotle. Mm-hmm. Is Every time I get Chipotle, I'm like, am I going to get the hot stuff? I'm like, yeah, let's just throw it on. We'll be fine. And then it's murderous. Uh, see, I get mild. I'm boring. No, I, I, that's, that's, why, more that's flavor, what I need though. to get. I agree. Just uh, ill-advised. This, this from Poet Shevchenko, which three races do you think will be bumped up to big NBC next year? So we kind of talked about this before, in a way. I mean, uh, Nashville is... Nashville. I am going to go out on a limb and say... Long Gateway. Beach. Because uh, Long Beach is currently not. No, but it was originally supposed to be. Yeah, so Long Beach, and then I think the other... Hmm. I'll go with... Uh, Road America? America. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. So not Toronto? Or you said Toronto? I guess I said Toronto earlier, so I yeah. guess <laughs> I got to be Come consistent. on, you bum. I'll I'll go with uh, Toronto over I, Road America. But, I mean, Road America's a toss-up. Yeah. I'll go to Nashville, Toronto, and just be different, Gateway. <laughs> and maybe hopeful. And maybe foolish. All right, a lot of comments on, of course, the new IndyCar TV deal, so we'll get into those. Transocean Trojan, big slam dunk that Peacock will have every race, $5 or $6 a month for every practice session. Qualifying race in Indy Lights is a pretty amazing deal. I think that sums it up for me, right? Yep, end of story, <laughs> boom. Uh, Hunter's Way 67 is a big deal for the series. 13 races on NBC is fantastic. I just hope the TV window is big enough for pre-post-race shows. You know, that's something I didn't think of earlier, it will help some that there is no longer NHL and NBC. That's very true. So I think that could be part of the expansion for NBC, that it wasn't really a big ask because the NHL time slots aren't getting in the way. Did you say big ask with a K? Yeah. Okay. Uh, what about <laughs> throwing it out there for the NBC races, for particularly for the races that don't have much of a pre-race, would you be open to having a pre-race on Peacock? Um, you don't like pre-races. I know that. I don't but, care for pre-race shows. Um, would it be something that that would uh, benefit fans if you had, you know, those races that, you know, they start coverage and they're on the parade laps, would you add some sort of stream pre-race show? You know, show? that would work because the races are live streamed on Peacock anyway. So yeah. to me, that seems like it's worth it. It's kind of like added value, you know, when you're watching, you know, IndyCar uh, qualifying. I'm trying to think when they are, where they're talking through the break, where there's mm-hmm. other things. They go to an analyst uh, or a, a pit ro- pit reporter during the break. Um, that you're not getting that on TV, but you're getting it um, on the stream. Yeah, I, I think I think that's worth it, and I think if they cut you know, shows short on TV, they can just say, and more pre-race coverage continues on Peacock. Yeah, and, and post-race, too. Or, yeah, yeah. You know? That's that's what I meant. Yeah, yeah but, yeah, I, I would... It doesn't have to be an every race thing, but definitely when circumstances dictate, I think it'd be something. Poet Shevchenko, I rated a 9.9 out of 10. It is not perfect, but in so many ways, it is more than I hoped for with four more races on NBC, five more than what was originally scheduled for 2020. Uh, I think he meant 2021. Uh, getting cable races on the USA, simulcasting the races on Peacock. The only fly in the ointment is to Peacock. Uh, to me, the trade-off is you got so many more races on network 
that yeah. you're going to have to concede somewhere. Yeah. And and like I said, look, NFL has games on Prime this year, Prime only. So it's a new thing, but it's going to become a bigger thing in coming years. Yes. Uh, Scuba Steve 85, 13 races on network television is great and plenty of chance for exposure. Races moving to USA Network is more exposure than NBCSN. Peacock simulcast is what I've been missing this year. Now they need a way to track of the exclusives, uh, bring subs to Peacock. Overall, great news. Yeah. Uh, Tyler underscore Allen. I think it's great. I'm stoked to see live races will be on Peacock. My gripe all year is that they show Peacock as a viewing platform, but fail to mention it's not live. <laughs> yeah, I think that is yeah. the issue. Another one, uh, Arkel, love all the races will be live streamed on Peacock. Uh, Daniel SEM 2004. Uh, how surprised were you guys that they didn't wait for Nashville to announce the deal? Um, look, if it's done, it's done, right? So it, it could have been a case where they were trying to hold it. But then again, you know, Nashville's what, still three weeks away, two weeks away? Yeah, two, two so weeks away. that's a long time when it comes to keeping something secret like this. So I think once that Racer article came out earlier this week that kind yeah. of leaked some of the prospects of the deal, it was like, right, I think I kind of just... knew the, the announcement was imminent. Yeah. And, and, you know, getting back really quick to, to the prime discussion, uh, beginning in 2022, so not this season, Caleb, but next season, Amazon Prime will be the exclusive home of Thursday Night Football, which means all 17 games or what you know 18, mm-hmm. whatever it is on Thursday Night Football, will be on Prime only, except uh, in the broadcast markets of the participating teams. They'll be on over-the-air television as which well. Which makes sense. Yeah. And again, that's a combination of two things I absolutely hate. Amazon and Thursday night football. So yeah, it's great. I, the, I don't watch any Thursday night football unless it's the Chicago Bears, and usually those games, I'm wondering why I'm watching them. But <laughs> you know, to, you know, that just shows you where streaming is going, and the the worst NFL game, NF rated NFL game in the last five years has destroyed IndyCar in ratings, <laughs> right? Yeah, and NFL is putting one of its games every single week. Only on a streaming service. And yet, people are complaining that IndyCar is doing it for two races. So, the, And it's not going to be the bit. Indy 500 or the season opener or the season finale either. Like, no, we I know mean, that. Is it, is it, is it, does it stink? Yeah, probably for you people that don't have Peacock, but I couldn't care less. <laughs> I'm fine with it. And you know what? I'm one of those that as soon as the season's over this year, I'm getting rid of Peacock. And then I'll pick it back up in March. Yep. I may keep it because there, I found some shows that I like to watch, and I mean it's going to be great for Olympics coverage here if See, I decide I'm going to watch. Yeah, much that's of the, the thing. Like, <laughs> let, let's go off on on a little bit left field because you know the the opening ceremonies tomorrow, and they've started soccer and and a couple other sports, you know, where they're playing pool play. But um, my initial thought was I'm not going to watch any of the Olympics, and now I've downloaded, re-downloaded the NBC Sports app to keep updated in terms of when the metal events are so i can at least tune into those so at least going into the olympics i'm expecting to watch more than i thought i was going to what do you how do you feel caleb uh i mean i'm always curious with track and field uh men's basketball uh let's see what else swimming swimming uh gymnastics a little bit as well i mean that's pretty much it The, the absurdity of how many events they have in the summer games is really what gets me are you a trampoline guy? Uh, uh, Whitewater uh, kayaking guy? I'd watch that stuff. You know what's kind of fun? 
is rowing. Yeah. And I don't know why, because it's very, sir, it's very settling. Like you can just, it, it calms me down because the rhythm of the skulls. See? Know, yeah, look at you. I know rowing terms. It's just the rhythm of everything. It's just kind of serene and calming and stuff. So, yeah, I, I'll probably end up watching a little bit more of the summer games than I thought I would. But winter is where it's at. Like, Oh, for sure. Other than figure skating, which I'll sit and watch because my wife likes it, there is not a weak, weak, uh, weak event in the Winter Olympics, in my opinion. I mean, give me biathlon. Give me... Um, Anything. I mean, give curling, me give me give me, yeah, give me curling, skeleton, give me speed skating, luge, skeleton luge, short track speed sled, skating, short track. Yeah, short track's amazing. Skiing, hockey, of course, all the above. Man, winter is where it's at for me. It bothers me that basketball is played in the summer games, not the winter games. Yeah, I mean, you got to think. You know, worldwide though, it's played yeah. in the summer all over the country or all over the world except here. But um, yeah, get, I, I cannot get enough of the winter ga- winter games. Uh, I, I think I'll tolerate the summer games. We'll see what happens. And I'm one of those that I really don't mind when the USA gets beat in the Olympics. I don't know about you, Caleb. <laughs> um, in certain events, in certain sports, yes, I'm rooting for the U.S. Give me hockey, I'm rooting for the U.S., all that stuff. But like, well, if basketball, they, we're probably going to get beat. That's so. the thing. If, if the men's basketball team goes out and gets beat and doesn't win a gold, I kind of think it's funny. You know, I'm not, I'm not, you know, so I really like curse. Yeah. I, I really like seeing the stories, um, the, the big, huge, shocking stories in the Olympics that are from other countries. Right. But then again, when we meddled in, uh, in luge several years back for the first time ever, that was cool. So that's our little, uh, Olympics tangent, but I'll probably <laughs> end up, I think, I think there's an archery event tomorrow Ooh, that's for a medal, like I think I'll watch that. I don't think I've ever watched archery in the Olympics, but I'll watch it. They they should do a biathlon, but with like ar- archery. Exactly, <laughs> and they should do it on like rollerblades. So they have to rollerblade around instead of ski, <laughs> and then they have to stop and shoot arrows. I like it. <laughs> the second part of Daniel SM 2004's question uh, is really just a comment. Leaving IndyCar fans three weeks to whine and complain about it doesn't seem like it's the best idea about the TV <laughs> deal. <laughs> well, you know, it gives them something to whine and complain about, which, it, you know, for IndyCar, it's better than nothing to whine and complain about. True. Uh, Jensen EV says, could you imagine it being better? How many sports other than football have 70% of their schedule over the air? Facts. Yes. Uh, Zach Hurley, 8771. I think it's great. We all would have loved 17 races on network TV, but I was gearing up for CBS Sports. Maybe an all-app deal for a bit there, so I'm ecstatic. Only two races on Peacock only, and I'm betting those are the Saturday night races anyway, which don't do particularly well. That's a good point. Like, do we see Gateway and Texas put on? I don't know if you want to put your ovals in that position, but at the same time, not out of the realm of possibility. Uh, More tweets. Jeremy from HBG. Hate to be a, a cliche, but, and it's the gif of the shut up and take my money. Yes. Uh, also adds, the one thing I hope IndyCar somehow partners up having a subscription thing to measure Peacock signups from IndyCar fans, kind of like WWE had at their rollout. Uh, maybe making an early access demo to the upcoming IndyCar game or a fan swag package. Doesn't have to be a discount on a season-long pass, although that is nice too. That is an interesting point. I mean, they, they did that for WWE. I know WWE had a lot of issues on Peacock uh, last weekend for a big oh, really? event. Uh oh. Um, so let's hope that doesn't, you know, play into it as well. 
Yeah, you don't want uh, things to uh, to come up short on your streaming service for live uh, events. Nick J. Fletcher says, I stand by my statement, Jan Bikas now. And that was in response back in May when we thought CBS was going to take over the, the TV deal. Oops. <laughs> we'll see if a invest, greater investment in, M, in IndyCar from NBC means a greater investment in talent. Uh, not saying the current crop doesn't have talent, but maybe adding, keeping everybody and adding that Jan Bikas, that Larry McReynolds type thing where he can break things down. And and that's the single best thing of NASCAR broadcast, in my opinion, is Larry McReynolds. That's what NBC is missing. James Hinchcliffe moving over to a more full-time role and maybe he just does like the 500 and a handful of races. I definitely see that as a possibility. Definitely. I mean, I unless like the, the season former... turns around. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, that ship has sailed, I think, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, uh, poll question. Uh, what do you think about the TV deal? 78, or, sorry, 76% said outstanding. 19% good, but with flaws. 2% a bit disappointing. 3% said it's trash. Wow. <laughs> um, I hope that was somebody just, you know, trolling, trolling us. It's got to be. But, I mean, that's more than, like, one vote on this, so. <laughs> multiple trolls uh transocean trojan that many races on network and the entire slate on peacock is huge unprecedented there's that word for a sport to have every one of their events on a streaming platform as far as i'm aware one step closer to being able to cut the cord completely yeah you know that is a good point uh what other sport has everything on it like other sports you know mlb.tv or nba league pass uh, which you can do like stream or you know through your center ice provider. for NHL. Yeah, but none of those are all on like one app, right? Not that I know of. Or you know, uh, Sunday Ticket. Yeah, uh, for yeah. The NFL. Like you have to have a cable subscription. Yeah, you for still all those other ones. between stations. Yes. So it's a, it's an add on. I can't think of. I mean, like F one has F one TV, so I guess that's. I guess that's the most similar thing. Right. I mean, I don't think there's a NASCAR component or cup equivalent. NASCAR right? has something, but it, I think it's it'd be this. I mean, one, you'd have to have Fox and NBC. NBC so, that, I mean, multiple apps. True. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it's a much better deal than a lot of people are realizing. That's for sure. Polichevchenko, uh, I think that with Peacock now actually part of the season, IndyCar, YouTube, and social media become more important than ever because the people who would actually sign up for Peacock to stream the races are best reached out via those two things. Uh, yes, and I think if they get the drivers to promote that, like Grosjean, for example, and Jimmy Johnson, that will help a lot. Right. Uh, Nick J. Fletcher, big NBC races, huge win. Peacock, throw Portland Indy GP2 on there. No one watches those anyway. Ha. Uh, USA, I guess more homes have it. Depends how good NBC does at brand transfer to USA. Less SVU, as in none. And more sports. I'm in. Your new home for championship sports. I mean, you're going to have NASCAR on there. Um, they have some WWE on there, right? Yeah. And then, obviously, some IndyCar. So you'll have more properties. Uh, according to Stitch, bring back Jan Bikas or we riot. Yes. We Daniel SEM uh, 2004. This is the best deal IndyCar was going to get. The uh, complainers will complain, uh, editing that for, for the podcast, but they don't go to races. They don't support teams. $50 a year to watch every practice, quality race, and Indy lights. 
It's a good deal. More races on over the air is a bonus. Yeah, a lot of positive comments. Uh, and then Nick J. Fletcher adding, people suck and then you die. Aristotle, I think. Uh, $50 a month for pretty much any cable package with NBCSN in Indiana. Now I can drop a tier or two, make money on this deal. Ha, people would complain in comments about all races beyond NBC, ABC, Fox, simulcast Sunday at 2 p.m. <laughs> That's true. If, if literally every race was on network TV, someone would still complain. Oh, yeah, definitely. There'd be somebody Because there'd be that there. fan who's like, well, I can't get my local affiliate where I live out in the country. <laughs> so what am outrage. I supposed to do? Yeah. And then say, well, you can get it streamed on Peacock. Well, our broadband service isn't good enough. You know. So you'd still have a complainer. That's a great There's point. always one person or one group of people. And then he added, I would watch it in standard def on TNN if it brought Jan Bikas back. So a <laughs> lot of Jan Bikas fans. Yeah, um, I don't know if I'd go that far. And then you tweeted this. It was genius. People spend $5 or more on fast food and don't bat an eye, but complain incessantly about $5 a month for a streaming service. A lot of responses here. Jamin T14, yes, we're a whiny bunch. <laughs> I wish Peacock got race replays up quicker, but otherwise, cool. Plus, we've enjoyed the WWE Network as part of the deal. Hashtag my wife hates it. Hashtag winning. Um, let's see what else. Uh, Incaptine185, agreed. People buy crappy Starbucks coffee every day and spend a lot more than $5. Peacock is actually a cool streaming service. Lots of good IndyCar content and one of the best shows out there, Lost Speedways with Dale Jr. Yes, and again, I agree. season two. I have started it. Check it out. Uh, Poet Shevchenko, and the stream has no danger of missing the start because the previous program runs long. <laughs> yeah. That is true. Uh, Scuba Steve 85, even if IndyCar is the only reason you get Peacock, it's like $35 a year to only have it during the month's IndyCar races. And if it's only for the two exclusive races, that's $10 at the most, only $5 if they occur within a month of each other. Yep. Brought that up earlier. Yep. And Daniel SEM 2004, it's less than the price of a t-shirt at a race uh, the people whining don't go to. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was genius. That's great. Because it's accurate. I it think. is very accurate. <laughs> All right. So we, we shift from TV deal stuff to uh, silly season stuff. So posted a poll. And if you're listening before basically 1 p.m. Eastern time Friday, uh, you can still vote. Uh, Twitter handle IndyCar Podcast. And the poll, who is the driver in the number 60 Shank Racing Car in 2022. 42% said Ryan Hunter Ray. 11% said Hinch. 22% said Grosjean. 25% said Other. A lot of responses here. Uh, Transocean Trojan. Ferrucci is deserving of another chance. I'd much rather see Oliver Askew if he doesn't get a chance with RLL in a third car. Uh, Stitch Turner, uh, according to Stitch, Askew, Shank has been open that he was strongly uh, considering him for the 06 this year. Valia was picked for his experience. Now they can have both. I did look that up. Yes, there was a motorsport article, I believe, kind of had some quotes on that. Uh, the ASCII was thought of very highly, you know, back before the LEO deal was signed. Incaptine 185 has to be RHR. He still wants to race, and his name will help with sponsors, unless Robert, uh, Roger kicks Power Pagina to the curb. So Pagina would be the option because Power had an extension that he signed earlier this season. I don't see Pagina going to Shank. However... There would be a sports car tie-in for that. That's true. So, I mean, that that is an intriguing prospect. Uh, Tyler underscore Allen. Now you're making me question the Ryan Hunter Ray thing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Rob underscore McMahon. Perfect fit for our HR. He's indeed out at uh, Andretti Autosport. 
Although if Hinch is not renewed and Rossi's contract is bought out, rumor has it, maybe RHR and his sponsorship stay with AA. Interesting. Potentially. Uh, Bill Heisa. Uh, don't have a specific name. It sounds like Harvey leaving is fairly recent, so they have time to evaluate and look around. I'll go off the board with someone from F2 or Super Formula. Uh, Jensen EV. See if you can get a rise from Deep Throat. <laughs> Rep precipitated the Harvey split. Was Andretti throwing his weight around? Yeah, Deep Throat told me earlier that, I mean, caught caught him off guard. So this was this is a surprise, essentially. It is very much so. A lot, lot, I think a lot more surprises to come, I feel. Uh, Auto Sport Lab, I hope that Oliver Askew, Andretti Affiliated, will receive a second chance. Uh, the Roth. OMG, what if Liberty Media is footing the bill to bring a big name over from F1 for that seat? Hmm. Now, this is interesting. And then Poet Shevchenko responds, you're free to throw me into the insane asylum for saying Alex Albon. <laughs> and I then mean... uh, Transocean Trojan, if Perez continues his current trajectory in F1, I can see him out of a seat and it wouldn't uh, hurt to have another Mexican driver. I don't think Perez is going anywhere, honestly. No, Perez isn't. I think he's safe. No, he's fine. Um, Alex Albon, though? I mean, that likelihood is, we see him in the series next year? That is intriguing. Uh, I, I could fee, see him doing road and street courses for somebody next year. Yeah, I'm not sure about the ovals. Uh, Hunter's Way 67 just says, ask you. So uh, let's see. And then more responses. <laughs> so much happening. You know, it, we just, we thought we'd have this dead period. Remember that? Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> I think we, we've got more interaction um, this week on social media than we probably had, you know, the entire month of May. It's it's crazy. It's uh, Scuba Steve eighty five. Little surprise at this, but maybe Harvey ends up at Andretti. Well, that's what we thought. Now it sounds uh, like Ray for, Hall. Yeah, for a couple hours, maybe that was the case. Uh, Transocean Trojan. I have no idea uh, uh, of the O six if it has any meaning behind it historically, but its existence really makes my ADHD flare up. <laughs> <laughs> remember they like banned those type of numbers and then they brought them back and then newman haas ran like the o2 and the o6 yeah a couple right. years and then they went away and now it's back again i it's so confusing i don't uh, mind it daniel sem 2004 does harvey end up in rhr's ride at aa i don't see him leaving to take the third seat at rll or with ecr uh zach curly 8771 i think harvey to andretti is most likely to happen especially if there are two open seats to fill, Harvey and Grosjean. And then Tyler underscore Allen says, Elio and RHR teammates. So, um, let's see. And then m- m- more thoughts on, on this. Uh, Daniel SCM2004 says, if Meyer Shank wants to go young, then ask you. I think Hinchtown would be a perfect fit as well. I don't see Albon in that car at all. And... Let's see. Uh, Zach Curley, 8771. Uh, just going to completely pull this one out of the other and say RHR, an outside chance of Albon if he doesn't end up at Coin if he's here at all. Yeah. So, Coin, that makes sense, I guess, uh, on the basis of you start out in IndyCar, you still kind of have to prove yourself a little bit. Um, I, I don't know. Do you think Albon, do you think that it's like a legitimate possibility i don't know it's we've heard one mention of alex albon and all of a sudden he's he's a hot rumor right i I think i'm gonna have to get a little bit more substance before we really start feeling like he's a legitimate option 
right? I just yeah. It's one mention that piqued everybody's interest, and here we are throwing him into every rumor. And, and we're as guilty as anyone right now. Yeah, I, I guess because he doesn't have an F1 seat, and he's still talented. Like, no one's questioning that. He's a young driver, so... Yeah. I think that's why his name is, is thrown out there. Yeah. All right, one other question, and this is courtesy of Adam Friedman. Uh, questions uh, for the show. What should be the expectations for the uh, actual racing in Nashville? Will winning pole be more important than other races? Will someone on an off strategy have a better shot at winning? Love the show. Thanks, Adam. And he is based out of Nashville. So, um, Very nice. The racing, you know, I kind of have high expectations for the racing based on the layout. I mean, you have long straightaways with the, the bridge portion. Uh, you have the little... You know, chicane basically at the end of the bridge portion. So, I mean, that's a long straightaway that should be able to create some passing. Hopefully. I, I mean, do you think so? I mean, I think it'll be for being a street circuit somewhere kind of like St. Pete. You know, it's not, I don't know if it'll be as tight of a course as, say, a, a Long Beach or Toronto. I agree. I think it's got some, some good, uh, some good opportunities. I, I think the the uniqueness of the track and is going to offset anything. I mean, do we do we have a processional race? I don't I don't think so. But uh, at the same time, potentially potentially some on track incidents. I feel. I think everybody's excited about the bridge and all that. But I, I think there's some some decent zones in which there's going to have some action. Uh, on winning pole, more important than other races. I don't think any more important nah. than any other road or street. Should it be double race. points? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, someone on an off strategy have a better shot at winning. I think that just depends on how the cautions play out. I yeah. kind of think they will, only because again, inaugural race, and people are still figuring the track out. I mean, everyone's on an equal footing going into the weekend, so I think that makes it a lot more open. And I could I could see that definitely happening. Yeah, absolutely. So again, send us your questions via Facebook, via uh, Twitter, or via email, and we'll get to them in the following week's episode. All right. So that wraps up uh, a very long edition of the mailbag, and just a few other small stories. After that, um, let's see. I'm going to mispronounce the name here, but this is an auto week story. Brand boss Jean-Philippe Imparato adds there are no plans for Alfa Romeo Motorsport expansion into IndyCar and don't ask about Kimi Raikkonen. So <laughs> that shuts that down. I mean, they were rumored several years ago, What going back to like, what, 2011, 2012? Right. And then they've kind of surfaced, but I don't think this is a surprise uh, in any sense of the word. I don't think so. Do you? Uh, I, this was just posted by Marshall Pruitt. Um, nothing groundbreaking here, but we can go through it here. Uh, with the headline, Shank weighing his options for Harvey replacement, Caleb. Um, you know, there's some quotes in here from from Shank. I think most noticeable was, was this one quote, no one got fired. That's number one. The next thing is we'll have the same exact debate like we had about Elio when they, when they signed Elio is, is do we... Uh, do we want someone that can produce right away or do we want someone that's new can contribute down the line who might be the best long-term person for us and best for our sponsors this isn't bs this is what i'm thinking about so uh mentions na- names mentioned in here pagino ryan hunter ray would fit the veteran bill 
Um, you know, the, the, Oliver Askew. Askew's in there, but here's an, here's I think the most interesting aspect of this. With its technical alliance with Andretti Autosport, Indy Lights championship leader Kyle Kirkwood could also be in the shortlist if he's unable to land a seat with the main team, akin to Andretti's outsourcing of Colton Herta to Harding Steinbrenner Racing. So That's fascinating. I don't think that happens. I don't think Michael Shank wants to be a true satellite team of Andretti. I don't want. He, I don't think he wants to be that team that Andretti looks toward. And, okay, you're going to develop this guy. You're going to go through all his teething issues, and then once he finds himself, we're bringing him up to the main team. I think a yeah, technical it, alliance it, it is one sense. thing, but being a true junior team to another is completely different. Yeah, and like you said, I don't think Shank is interested in that because what would it be? I mean, we saw this back in cart back in the day where a driver would be like on loan to a team for a year, and then they would you know move up to the team or sometimes they'd even go back to europe right 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 i don't think shank is in the business of trying to do that i don't think shank wants to be a junior team and i think eventually he wants to be on his own outside of the technical partnership with andretti and quite frankly i think there are spots open for kyle kirkwood at andretti by the time this season's over well and and here's why so indycar deep just uh, telling me uh, source confirmed hench out at andretti after the season Connor Daly, uh, no, but he will need to work hard to get a full-time deal. See, we're just breaking news here as we go. Let's just keep <laughs> doing the show throughout the entire uh, next couple weeks till we get to Nashville. Uh, we'll just stay in the studio. Yeah, we'll just sleep here. Sleep here, burn off all our time off, and then just edit it, <laughs> constantly update and post it. <laughs> yeah, why not? But, yeah, I, I, I mean – on one hand, Hunter Ray going to Shank, okay, it sounds good, but then you have two 40-plus-year-old drivers, so there's no future there. Right. And you're looking at guys that you probably wouldn't want to sign for more than a one-year deal, at least from Shank's point of view. Now, I'm curious, they didn't mention anywhere is the Elio deal a one-year deal? Didn't say. Multi-year? I mean, if it was multi-year, wouldn't it say that? I would imagine, but um, doesn't say in there. So I, I find that curious because there's no mention if it's a multi-year deal, which, again, I didn't expect it to be. But, I mean, there's no long-term benefit for Shank running Elio and Ryan Hunter-Ray. I now, agree. Pagano, you at least have a few more years. But right. even then, you start to question, he's, what, you know, 35? Uh, you want to get someone younger, Kyle Kirkwood fits the bill, but I don't think Andretti's going to let him get away. I don't think that's an issue. No, I don't think so. And I don't think Michael Shank is interested in being a junior development team for Andretti Autosport. Yeah, no, I I don't think so at all. And one other uh, uh, tweet that I forgot to get to from Jared Petrie at JT Petrie. Not surprised. I'm sure Meyer Shank wanted him back, but he probably found another ride first. That on Jack Harvey. I mean, are you surprised – I mean, I'm still very surprised that Harvey found something else and is leaving Shank. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, does he is he bringing some sort of funding with him? Who knows? But uh, you know, kudos to Jack Harvey. He's he's taken a big leap of faith, and we'll see if it works out. But uh, it definitely caught a lot of people off guard. Oh, f- for sure, <laughs> a lot of people <laughs> off guard. Um, so, and also this. Uh, Okay, no, never mind. That's that's. I thought this was a new race, and it's also like Top this? Gun never Racing. Mind. Okay, Top Gun Racing at IMS Road Course Race. Okay, that's nothing new. 
All right. Uh, other th news items of note, and there's really not a whole lot else because we pretty much covered the bulk of it. Uh, Daria Frankiti will be the uh, Grand Marshal for the Music City GP. I'll give the starting command as well. I saw the entire music lineup for the Music City GP was also released the weekend. I don't know if you saw a lot that. of country artists. Yes, I mean I'm not surprised. But. Um, and I'm I'm I dabble in country. I do um, not. <laughs> Um, it wasn't a lot of people that I knew other than the, uh, the John party. And, I know John party. Uh, oh, uh, Alan Jackson. Those oh, were yeah. the two. I mean, that, well, everybody knows okay. Alan Jackson, yeah. right? Chattahoochee. So, but I mean, it's a solid lineup of, uh, of, of artists all three days in terms of music. So, um, obviously headlined by, uh, by the Opry. Uh, new sponsor for Joseph Newgarden, Sancio Vehicle Protection, will be on Joseph Newgarden's car uh, at Gateway, August 21st. Uh, also, some IMS-related stories. First off, the BC39, uh, Connor Daly and Chase Elliott have entered uh, the race. That'll be eight, August 18th and 19th of the dirt track of the Speedway. Also expect, I guess, another IndyCar driver to enter that, uh, I saw as well. And then I think the big one, they've done it. The four-time winners were able to get together at IMS earlier this week. AJ, Big Al, Rick, and Elio all present, and I'm sure they're going to have some some cool stuff and think I'm sure they did some video features that we'll see, you know, for the Brickyard weekend. Uh, do I still call it the Brickyard weekend? I mean, it's, no. I don't even know what to call it. <laughs> <laughs> that weekend in August where NASCAR yeah. and IndyCar have races together. You know, I thought the funniest thing out of that that uh, that foursome getting together, I, I saw uh, a story where I think Elio said something about, you know, going for five, and, and I don't know if it was Rick or, or Big Al, or somebody said, uh, you know, if you win your fifth, then you're going to be pretty lonely, right? You, you, got, <laughs> you got three other guys to share this with, with four, man. If you win a fifth, you're going to be by yourself. And uh, look... Do you think he's going to win a fifth? I really don't because it's just it's so hard. I I mean I didn't think he'd ever win a fourth to be honest. True. So I'm not putting anything past Elio Castroneves right now. Had Dario not gotten injured, I think we expected him to win a fourth. I feel he's going to have Elio at least two shots. I, I could see yeah. him. Not, it won't two be a one and done. I, he's got two. Yeah, two to three years. And you know, like eventually, Elio is going to hit a point where his skill level, his skills are going to be diminished, mm -hmm. right? Um, we haven't seen that yet, but it's coming. But I think he's got, you know, he's got a couple years, twenty two and twenty three, I think, and anything can happen in May. That is true. We saw that last year. Um, so it, it, I mean, the possibility is still there for him to, you know. Pull it off again. So what happens first? Elio wins his fifth, or Rossi wins another race? Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna go with Rossi on that one. <laughs> uh, yeah, me too. But crazier things have happened. That's true. And the way Rossi is going right now, Marco Andretti won another race before uh, Rossi won yeah, another race. Absolutely. <laughs> so yeah, crazier things have happened. Uh, last note, Sage Karam. A couple of notes. First off, congrats to Sage as he got married uh, last weekend. And a lot of IndyCar drivers present there. He got a black eye from wrestling with his dad. I don't know if you saw this. I didn't the, see that. Uh, like the the like the weekend 
you know, leading up. Like he was wrestling with his dad. They're just messing around. Did he have a black eye for the ceremony? Yeah, I, I'm, oh. I'm guessing they like put some makeup Probably. on it or something. You know, I, I did pictures. notice his his dad did did post a uh, short video of the reception and it was Sage you know dancing around, but in the background was a Alexander Rossi with his shirt completely unbuttoned, <laughs> um, dancing around. So you know, cutting loose, Mister Rossi. He, How about he, that, he probably like. Just doesn't want to show that side of himself. Yeah, it goes yeah, against just, like his brand. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> so you know, he was able to uh, relax a little bit, Mister Rossi. Also from Sage Karam, uh, he tweeted a few days ago, "Something cool is brewing. Stay tuned." So nothing yet. Yeah, no, nothing has has been answered yet. So we'll see. Uh, and we with that, do you have your uh, split era driver? Of the oh week? man, I completely forgot. Here, stall. What do you got? Okay, well, I got uh, tweets of the week. So. Unfortunately, it's only one tweet. So, Uh-oh. <laughs> uh The NASCAR race over the weekend at Loudoun at New Hampshire uh, Motor Speedway. So we we all recall what happened in 2011. Yeah, it was almost a repeat Power. of that. Yeah, Kyle Busch flipping off uh, NASCAR because he crashed uh, as it started raining. Basically the exact same sequence. Now, earlier in the NASCAR race than it was in the IndyCar race, uh, but Marshall Pruitt tweeting, I'm late in catching up. Did NASCAR do some sort of throwback at New Hampshire to honor that time in 2011 when IndyCar went green while it was raining? <laughs> That's basically what happened to Kyle identical. Busch. Yeah. Now, I didn't see it happen live. Like, I don't know if it was like it was raining for a little bit and Cup just wouldn't put the f- yellow out or it just all of a sudden came out of nowhere. Like, based on Kyle Busch's reaction, it seemed like it had been happening for a little bit at least a couple laps yeah right but yeah it, between that and having to call the race due to darkness it was quite the day for cup at new hampshire yeah and to have that happen you know 10 years apart i mean it's just it's <laughs> even funnier yeah to me you know, i mean funny for the us i'm sure yeah. wasn't funny for kyle bush no, and uh, joey logano um but yeah funny to us Funny to us. All right. Do you do you have oh, your I'm driver? Ready. I'm ready. Okay. I'm ready. Pulled one out. Uh, we're going to go back to actually two years, 1999 and 2000, in the Indy Racing League. And do you remember Bobby Register? What? Yes. Bobby Register of, uh, of Boulder, Colorado, raced in two races uh, for Tricelli Team Racing. In 1999. You're making up his name, the team name. No, this is all real. Bobby Register, R-E-G-E-S-T-E-R, raced in two races, 1999, raced at Pikes Peak, was 18th at Pikes Peak, and then the year later, 20th at Phoenix. Those are his only two IndyCar races ever. Uh, He also, though, had multiple wins in the Pikes Peak International Hill Climb. Caleb. Ooh, see, that part is interesting. Yeah, currently lives in Pikes Peak, selling real estate in the area and driving in the annual hill climb in the super stock category. Uh, won it in 2007 in a 2005 Pontiac Sunfire. <laughs> a sunfire? used to have a Sunfire in high school. <laughs> we thought it was like the coolest car. Yeah. I mean, it was a crappy car, but, you know, it was sporty and all of us were driving junk. But, um,. Yeah, very little on his IndyCar career in here, but raced for Tricelli Team Racing. Uh, they don't even have a Wikipedia page, but Bobby Register sure does. Drove an Oldsmobile Aurora V8 in 1999 at Pikes Peak 
and then an Oldsmobile again in 2000 uh, at Phoenix. So two races, 18th and 20th, and then hung it up, Mr. Bobby Register. This week's obscure split-era driver of the week. Wow. Well done, because, I, I again... I still don't believe that's a real driver. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> is. Has a Wikipedia page. Has to be true. Yeah, well, that's true. Wikipedia is very accurate, as we all know. So uh, that that is key. All right. Well, a lot we got to in this episode. I think a, a lot more than we expected going into the week. That's for sure. And uh, with that, it, anything else that we missed? I don't think so. I think it's been an action-packed week. I think everything we could have asked for for not a lot going on in the middle of the summer break. So at least some talking points now, and I wouldn't be surprised if another couple dominoes fall between now and Nashville. Oh, yeah. I I think for sure we could see some more silly season stuff come out you know, shortly with the way things are progressing. Absolutely. Looking forward to it. Um, sometimes silly season's more fun than the regular season just because of the uh, speculation that you can make. Absolutely. All right. Well, for Justin Kinney, I am Caleb Hatch, and thanks again for joining us on this episode of New Track Record Podcast. Podcasts by Federated Media.